evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to the show. Just waiting for my co-host Phil to join me, and then we can get things underway. Uh, tonight, we will be previewing the... Uh, oh, Phil is here, and then I'll tell you exactly what we will be previewing. Hello, Phil, can you hear me? Phil, you there? Hello? Yeah, not bad, mate. Thanks, yourself? Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, I've just watched, um, and I know it's Barcelona and everyone goes, well, you know, it's Barcelona, but I mean, I just watched um, the first half of Barcelona against Wolfsburg in that semi-final of the Champions League tonight was, I think, the best football I've seen probably since the great Milan team from the men's Milan team, but this t- this Barcelona team, the way they played, um, that, that, they were 4-0 up at half-time, it could have been 8 um, Wolfsburg goalkeeper had an absolutely brilliant game, kept the score down, but um, it was just it was just like free. It was just so so good the football. It was just brilliant. So yeah, I'm on a bit of a high from it because it was just so good to watch. Second half, they still had loads of chances, but just got a bit casual, I thought. And then Wolfsburg got one back, and then it ended up five one. But it was just um, sublime. The football was just you know, it's just it's just great to watch it. And there was about 91,500 people there in New Camp, you know. Um, you, right. you, you, it's just incredible. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just great to watch. Did you see any of it, Mike, at all? Uh, no, I didn't, to be honest with you. Um, no. <laughs> it's a short answer. Yeah, it was brilliant, that first half. Absolutely. You know, you, I don't, you, 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 you could count the number of mistakes Barcelona made on one hand. It was just perfect, almost perfect, you know. Um, some of the football was just incredible. Great team to watch, and um, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, set the standard for women's football. Maybe Palace will get that up, that, up to that level one day. Well, we'll never be like <laughs> Well, we use that. While well, speaking of uh, a majestic team in red and blue, uh, kind of do the official introductions. So, uh, welcome everybody to the Crystal Palace Women's Show, brought to you by Eagle Eye View. Uh, we are the number one Crystal Palace Women's podcast. Uh, and for those of you listening, this is on Twitter, uh, Twitter Spaces currently, but it is available on Spotify. Um, so tonight we are looking ahead to the Sunday's final home game of the season as Watford uh, come to town. So we've there's no game for us last week, so we've got nothing to uh, review, but we'll be looking ahead to that game. And then we are going to be looking at... This season's home form in general, um, and how it's differed to previous seasons, and played a big part in the success we've had this season. Um, so I will be wheeling out the stats that I said under Clayton did earlier when we get to that section. Um, as I mentioned, there was no game for well, virtually everyone last week, um, apart from one, which was the rescheduled game between Bristol City and Coventry United. It's due to take place at the start of the year, but at the time, because of Cov, not knowing whether they'd still be in existence or not, uh, the game was postponed. Um, but that took place, and it finished one all in the end. City did take the lead, and Coventry equalised. I think late on in the second half, uh, yet another goal for Katie Wilkinson, um, who you just you just can't get space in the box, uh, as we know, and um, as Bristol City found out. So a one-all draw there. Um, and it's kind of relevant a bit to what we're doing, we're talking about today, because the win moves Bristol City onto 36 points, 
uh, in second. So they're a point ahead of London. But importantly, they're only three ahead of us. Now, everyone's played the same amount of games. So there's two games left. And while it's unlikely, we could still get second spot, which would be I mean, unbelievable. And if that happened, I think they should just cancel Liverpool getting promoted because it's boring and just give it to us <laughs> for, for achieving second. Um, so that is still possible. And then the other end of the table, uh, it means Coventry are five behind Watford, who we play on Saturday, on Sunday. Uh, two games to go. And the last game, they play each other. So um, it's in Coventry's hands, technically. Well, actually, no, that's not true. They, they need us to do them a favour first. Um, so it's a big point for them because it's kept that alive. I think if they'd have lost, it would have been, although the goal difference is in their favour, um, it would have been a big ask. But So it, it adds more to the game we've got on Sunday, which should be quite interesting because when we played Blackburn in their last home game, um, that wasn't really the case because they, they'd had a different season, but they were safe. They weren't really playing for anything at that point. Um and for us, it's you know it's just how high a position can we get really. Um, but that's a big thing for us. So hopefully that'll still be the case on Sunday. So what for the coming to town? And uh, for those who aren't aware, they are like the the Palace previous eleven. Um, from recollection, Megan Chandler's there. Um, Amber Stobbs is there. Uh, Dre moved there a few a couple of months ago. Um, and I feel like they had someone else as well. Um, so I thought they would have had three of Eric's players before Dre joined them, but I may be wrong on that. Um, so there'll be a few familiar faces coming down on uh Sunday. Um, it's, let, it's, George, it's Georgia Clifford, Mike. Yes, Clifford. yeah, you know, as I was saying that bit, the um was because for a second it popped into my head, but it was barely there, that <laughs> <laughs> it didn't pop long enough to form the words. Um, yeah, George, who was with us for one season last season. Um, so uh, she's been injured, I think, though, for most of the season, Georgia. Uh, I don't know if she still is, but I know she picked up a, a bit of a bad injury earlier on in the season. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of familiar faces. Um, and a big game, a big game for us because uh, we could, you know, take another big step to a high finish. We already know um, the lowest we can finish now is seventh. So, at, at the minimum, we'll get our joint highest finish again. We've had it, we finished seventh last season and then technically the season before, but it was the points per game decision in the end. So I don't really count it. So we, at, at our worst, if we like to lose the, next, lose the last two games, the lowest we could finish is seventh. Um, Charlton is seventh and they are five points behind us. So they have to win both games and us lose both games. So there's a good chance that we're going to set a new uh, record high finish um, and finish above the Clowns, which is a massive bonus. Um, and also Durham, we still fit, we still, we're two points out of Durham. So, I mean, to finish above them would be just mad um, when you think of what they've done over previous seasons. So for us, there's a lot to play for. Um, for Watford, there's everything to play for uh, as they look to try and stay up. Um, so, Phil, your your thoughts about the, the game on Sunday? Well, it'll be interesting, won't it, really? Because, of course, we know quite a few, like you said, you know, we know quite a few of their players. We also know about Shauna Vassell as well. I used to play for Charlton. She's quite quite a quick player. I think she might she might score a last-minute goal against us a few years ago, actually, away at Charlton. So, Shauna Vassell's quite a decent player. Um, young, young, quick player. 
And then we've obviously got um, a couple of my all-time favourites, actually, from Palace. You know, uh, Dre and Amber are two of my favourite all-time players for us. I thought Amber Stobbs, when she was with us, was just absolute class. Great finisher. Um, we played her all over the pitch, actually, when she shows how versatile she is because she played right back for us. She played in midfield and on the left side of an attacking three. So... Um, I just think she's just a great. I just think she's a great player, Amber. I was really disappointed when she left. Um, so it'd be great to see her play because I think she's a great player to watch. She's got so much talent, great first touch, um, naturally gifted player. Um, so yeah, watching Amber Stobbs will be great. And then obviously Dre, um, midfield dynamo. You know, <laughs> another one of my all-time faves. Um, It'll be great to see them both again. I mean, they're just such lovely people as well as great players. You know, I bumped into Dre at an away game at Lewis last season, the end of last, towards the end of last season. Um, or was it early, earlier this? No, it must have been last season because we just played them away. But, um, or it might have been a cup game, another cup game at Lewis. But I bumped into her and she said that she was just about to start training with someone. It ended up being Coventry. And now she's moved on to Watford. So, yeah, Dre's... Um, Dre's a great player, really, really, you know, combative midfielder. So I think it'll be a really interesting game, actually. Obviously, you know, they've got everything to play for because if they if they beat us, they stay they're guaranteed to stay up. So it's a massive game for them. Um, they'd be really up for it, I'd imagine, you know, because of course they don't want it to go to that to that last game because they you know the last game of the season they're they're playing Coventry at Vicarage Road, and if um, Coventry win on Sunday and and um, Watford failed to win, then it goes to that last game. So they probably want to try and put that to bed really now, don't they? So it'll be a tough game. It'll be a really tough game. Um, the, the game at Vicarage Road earlier in the season, um, when we drew two-two, that was um, that that really was a weird game because we were um, we were so dominant. The first sort of probably sixty minutes, fifty-five, sixty minutes, we were so dominant. We were by far the best team, um, and then. It was just really weird. It just sort of all changed. We gave away a really sloppy goal and the game just changed. And actually, we we could have lost it at the end. They had a shot that whizzed past the post by about a millimetre. Brilliant shot for about 25 yards. Flew past the post. I thought it was in. Um, and then we had a chance at the other end. We had a free kick and um, it was a good save from their keeper. So it could have gone either way, but it was um, it was really weird. It was just like their season was encapsulated in that match because they started off quite poorly and then they just got better and better. And at the end, they actually were quite dangerous. And that's sort of how the season's gone for Watford. They've, you know, they've 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 sort of got some confidence as the season's gone on. And that's going to be a really tough game. I mean, just knowing those players that we were aware of that used to play for us. We know that they're decent players. So I think it'll be a tough game. Um, as far as we're concerned, I really, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, Mike, about um, about how we set ourselves up. And I have, you know, that Charlton away game and then the first half of the game against Blackburn, I actually think we're, we're better with, 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 with three in the middle at the back and two wing backs. So we've got almost five at the back when we're defending and we've got an, we've got our wing backs pushing on when we've got the ball. And I just hope we play like that because I think when we went back to a flat back four against Blackburn, we looked at, you know, we could have conceded a couple of goals. Well, we conceded one, could have conceded a couple actually because I just thought 
we just didn't look as solid really but away at Charlton when we played those three central defenders and the wing backs I just thought we looked really really good so I'm just hoping that we set ourselves up it'll be a tough game though um it'll be a really difficult game because they've um they they've got a lot to play for and they you know I think they're I think they're a better team much better team than when we played them actually and, and we couldn't beat them at their place when they were really struggling I think actually if I, if that's a, I, they might have had one point by then that might have been their first or second point when they drew with us. Um, they'd lost, I think, most of their first few games. So they've obviously improved because they've got, you know, they've got a few points on the board now. So it'll be an interesting one. I just, um, I think it'll be closer than a lot of people would have thought earlier in the season. I think it'll be quite a, quite an interesting game actually. And there's a lot that there's, and I, I love football when there's a lot at stake. You know, we're going for sort of third place realistically, possibly like you said, second very doubtful because I think Bristol City will win at least one of their last two so um, we're, realistically we're going for third place and they're obviously trying to prevent that their season going to the last game against Coventry which will be a massive pressure game if that's if that's the case so it's a, it, I love a game when there's a lot riding on it so I think it'll be a really intense really really good game really looking forward to it on Sunday Yeah I think it's going to a, it's a difficult one to call isn't it because it's hard to know what to expect because the, for a lot of times this season, Watford have been poor. They have been, arguably, them and, and Coventry, they, they have been the, the two worst teams in the league. I know Coventry are on this unbeaten run at the moment. Um, I think quite a few of them are draws and they've been like grabbing late goals and stuff. Uh, and we know, we all know my, my opinion on the game against us, which was a win, which was, well, we all know my opinion on that. <laughs> who, who are those who listen to the pod? But, you know, they have been the two worst teams in the league this season. Um, and based on that idea and how they've played a lot, you know, you'd think we've got a great chance of winning this game. But then, as you say, we were tuning up at Vickers Road, drew two all, and it was, wasn't it twice in the last 10 minutes as well, I think, like a couple of quick goals. Um, their last game was against Durham, and they were 3-1 up in that at one point. Uh, it finished 3 all. So there is that mindset for them, but that's still a big result, you know. Um, Durham, although it's not, they've had a difficult second half of this season. You know, they're never an easy team for anyone to play against, um, and you know, so that to get that that result, it's you know, will they will they have the mindset of it's two points dropped, or you know, will they just take the encouragement of the point? Um, and also, kind of skewers the viewpoint a little bit. Obviously, if you look at it, you think well. You'd favour them over Coventry in the sense of if you if you just looked at a table and said, "Well, they're you know what for the five points clear, blah blah blah." But the reality is that's only because of the points deduction that Coventry had. And if Coventry hadn't been docked those ten points, then they would actually be five points ahead of Watford, and Watford would be coming to this game where they had to win, otherwise they'd be relegated. So. It's a bizarre kind of scenario because it, it, in some ways you can look at it and think less of, of Watford than what actually, you know, the threat that, you know, you f- think they're going to be a w- lot weaker and actually they can really turn it on when they want at times. Or you can look at it and think that they are a stronger side when it's really more of an outside assistance has, has helped that. Um, and I suppose it's how they use that going into because they, they changed manager as well, didn't they? They, very, very much. Once the points reduction happened, it felt like 
I mean, I might obviously I'm, I might be completely wrong on this, um, but how it looked to me from an outside perspective was they were struggling really badly. They were barely getting any points on the board, and it wasn't working with the manager that they had. And when the points deduction kicked in, um, I felt that they saw it as they're almost going to almost safe, um, so they can take, make a managerial change now and not worry about whether it works. Or, cause I don't know if it's a permanent move or a temporary move, but do you know what I mean? It, it had that kind of feel about it of, um, I don't think they'd have made the change at that time, at least, uh, had the, t- the points deduction not come in. And I think they probably felt it was a safer time to do it when they'd suddenly be given a, a 10 point cushion. Um, so yeah, it's difficult. And we do know, as you say, we, you know, we know a couple of other players, um, I said before, we don't really know Georgia that much because she, she barely played for us last season. Um, and it's been a couple of seasons since we've seen Megan. Um, Bossy Amber, she, I believe she played at left back in the Durham game. Uh, if I remember right, that's what um, some of the Palace staff told us. We walked past them after the Blackburn game. So I don't know what position she'll play in because there was a, I remember when we first signed her and um, in the season that was ended by COVID and she got four goals, two in the lead, two in the cup in only like a handful of games and we really thought, I know you and I both really thought that last season she'd be that this massive you know, threat going forward and in the end, I can't if she picked up a knock that they catch out a few games but she ended up playing, as you say, under wing, then at right wing back and right back and um, it never really worked for her last season. So uh, I don't know how she's been this season, whether she'll be up front because I think if she is, um, you know, that's going to be very tricky for our defence. Um, and then, of course, Dre, who I sponsored a couple of seasons ago. She was sponsored by Eagle Eye View, and she won the the inaugural Eagle Eye View Player of the Season trophy, uh, where she was phenomenal that season. And again, we 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 very much felt she was um, the standout player in our midfield. You know, weren't um, such a, a talent that it just she kind of shone above the others and and then last season when we thought she was really going to kick on um it just didn't happen at all uh she she barely played i know again she i think she had a couple of knocks barely played and and left and so it's hard to know because i think the dre we've seen at her best could cause us all sorts of problems on sunday um but obviously she barely played for us like she barely played last season for us it was a few months before she signed for the club. A club, as you say, she signed for Coventry. I don't think she played that much for Coventry. And then it's left and gone to Watford. Um, and I think she's started the couple of games since she's been there. So um, it's hard to know quite what form um, and status and stuff Dre is at at the moment. But on her day, both her and, and Amber uh, on. In the you know on the, the top four the times when we saw them on top form for us could cause us all sorts of damage. Um, so yeah, it's a very it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, just quite to know what how to read it. I mean, you you've got to expect that what we're going to go for it. I mean, Blackburn came down to Hayes and they went for it, and we can't afford to play at times, like we did at times against Blackburn, because they were all over us until we scored, and that's kind of a, a bit of an error. Well, not, there's an error from their goalkeeper. Um, and then we took control, and then we kind of let them back into the game, and there was that danger there, and um, we can't afford to do that against Watford, because Watford are, are, are playing for something, whereas Blackburn really weren't. So sometimes you lack a bit of that definitive edge, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, we, we can't afford to do that, but 
Um, it'd be interesting. Watford, they, they've got to get a result because I think if it goes to the last day of the season, if, if they don't win on Sunday and Cov win, uh, and it goes to the last game of the season, I can't see anything other than Coventry beating them and staying up. Because I think momentum-wise, it's all with Coventry. Uh, so I think this game is massive for what this is their um, make or break game. I think they they've got to get at the bare minimum point, but I think in their eyes they they've got to get the free. They've got to see it this Sunday, um, which also then could play into our hands. It's it's, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Yeah, because sometimes when there's a bit of pre- bit of pressure on the other team, it, you know we could play quite freely, really, without that pressure. Whereas they really, they've really got to get something, um, and also it means that they might be more attack minded than they would normally, because they really do need to win that game against us to, you know, to to not to definitely not take it to the last game. Although I have to say, I think. Um, I'd be very surprised if Lewis don't get something at Coventry. Um, I think Lewis are a really good team. So, I, I mean, my view is that even if um, even if we were to beat Watford, I just can't see Coventry beating Lewis. I, I really don't. Um, <clears throat> based on what I've seen, I just thought, think Lewis are a much better team. Um, so, um, it'll be interesting to see. But um, going back to sort of Dre and Amber, you know, two outstanding players for us. I mean, we were very fortunate to have that quality in the team. Um, I, I don't know what happened with Dre that, that season after she won the um, Eagle Eye Player of the Year because we both thought that she was going to be sort of almost the first name on the team sheet because she, she was such a... She was almost like a Jimmy Mack in midfield, wasn't she? She covered so much ground and she 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 won the ball back so much when we were out of possession. She, she, had the le- she was our legs in midfield and I just don't know what happened. I don't know if she just had some injuries or, or what really. I was really surprised that she didn't play more in the second half of the season. And then with Amber, it's really odd because she was sort of played, as you said, and, and even at Watford, it seems like she's been playing at the back as well, which I, I think she can obviously play there because she's such a good footballer and she's such a good player and reads, she reads the game so well. She could probably play just about anywhere, but... I just think, you know, when I remember Amber scoring those goals, I just thought, what a finisher. She scored some cracking goals um, and she was able to cut in from the left onto her right foot. You know, um, she was she played sort of a, the left of a front three for us for, for a while and she was so dangerous. And I just thought, wow, you know, we if we get the keep getting the ball to her, she, there's goals there all the time because she's just such a good finisher. And then... I mean, I know that we had a few injuries and things at the back and we ended up playing a, a right back and right wing back, like you said. And it really sort of, um, it was a shame because you're taking away that goal scoring threat, although she can obviously do a really good job at the back. Just, I just felt that we just didn't get the best out of her, really. You know, I think I think she's more of an attacking player and I think she's a really good player. Um you know, um, but go, with Dre, the one thing that, I mean, I remember saying this to you, Mike, um, around that time, but when we played Reading and West Ham in the League Cup, both away from home, um, um, Dre was the player and when you, who stood out. Because when you, when you play against those Super League teams or the top quality teams, that's when you really find out who can match them, you know, who can play against those. Because they don't give you any time on the ball. You've got to be technically very good. One loose touch and they're in there and that's it. You've lost the ball. Dre was the one that really stood out, especially at West Ham. And I think we lost 6-0 there or something. And it was, it, it really was sort of different quality. I mean, they're obviously a Super League team with all that and full time and everything that goes with that. Um, and it was a really tough game for us. But I just remember Dre being the one that seemed to just sort of be the one who was able to keep possession, 
positionally very good. She was the one who stood out, really. So I was expecting great things of her for Palace. I was hoping that she'd stay with us for a long time, but clearly, you know, she just couldn't get back in the team. Um, and we've got some good players. Obviously, we've got we've improved every year. So, um, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that it wasn't the right thing, but I, I was just surprised because she did have such a good season the year before. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, it's going to be a. I think it'll be a really tight, close game. Actually, I think. I don't think there'd be more than a goal either way. Interesting. Well, I mean, we'll get to predictions in a minute. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, hopefully, they don't have a good game on Sunday. <laughs> uh, they yeah. can have it against Coventry. That's fine. They can have a blinder against Coventry. But hopefully, because you know, we the amount of times we get stung by for old old players. Um, and they've got so many of them <laughs> that uh, you know we don't we don't want to give them. We don't, there's got too many options of the yeah, the former, former player coming to haunt us. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's interesting. I'd be interested to to see how they get on, um, you know, and what form of what would turn up. I mean, as I say, as you both said, they, they've got to come here and and go for it um, because a point might be enough, but they're not going to want to take that chance, I'd imagine. Um, so you, you imagine that they're going to come and go for it, but um, whether well, they've got the players to do that. I mean, that's probably one of the things when you say about that, uh, you expect Lewis to get something from Coventry. Um, I think they've had, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think they've had a bit of a hit and miss second half of the season. So I think uh, one, I think one of the Lewis fans in the um, collective has said at times that they've, they've struggled. So, um, yeah, I mean, it depends on what film with them turn up. On their day, the way that they play, I'd expect them to get, I'd expect them to beat Coventry, to be honest with you. Um, but then I all thought that about Bristol City and a few other teams, and Coventry have taken points off of a fair few teams lately. So, um, you know, that will be that will be a tricky one. Um, but yeah, I have to say, Something I, I've got to pick up on something you said, just purely because if uh, if the gaffer's listening to this, I've got to say it on his behalf. But if they take you back to the pod after the Coventry game, when obviously we we beat Sunderland away one nil and then lost at home to Coventry one nil, and we played the same lineup, the same formation in both games, which is the first time we went to the three at the back, wing backs, uh, with two up top, and. Yourself on the pod and others in uh, the group, um, in the loyal group, were very critical of the formation and because it meant, you know, like Shiv and B and other players were all on the bench. And I defended it saying that it, it was needed at Sunderland to get us away from the heavy defeats we'd had um, and got us to win. And then why would you change the change it? for the Coventry game and I still think we would have won if it, if we hadn't have had to send the off straight at the start of the second half now and you mentioned it the other week as well and I was going to say it then but I completely forgot to now you're saying that you think it's our best formation the three at the back with the wing backs um, and I think you're right at the moment it is um, because as you say the Blackburn game we, we create less in this formation because when when we made the changes and we went the three up top, and we bought on B and Shiv. We were far more creative going forward against Blackburn, but we were far more defensively vulnerable. Um, so I think at the moment when we haven't got the balance of 
the uh, being able to be both defensively solid and then attacking for it, I think this formation works because it, it's the one that keeps us in games. Um, and it's, it's the one that's got us the points after that run of defeats, you know, the heavy defeats. It, it's, this formation is what's um, kind of helped us grind out the points. But I, I have to just point out that after all your, all your, all your stuff about it, a few months, you know, a couple of months ago, now you're here saying actually you think it's the best one because that formation to play it, you then can't really have Shiv and being that in the team. Um, so yeah, and no, I had to just point that out, a little thing there. Yeah, I think I think my point really was more about well, I mean, I you know, formations they obviously they're important, but it's all, it's about the players. You could have a formation, you could have a formation, and it you know, if you haven't got the players, then it doesn't make any difference what formation you play. Now we've got lots of great players, good players. So obviously, you know, we don't you're not you're not going to be in the top four um, in this league without having a really good set of players. My point was when we went to that formation was we had all our goals on the bench we didn't have coral in the team now if you're gonna if you're you know if you if we're gonna play um with with two wing backs and three central defenders you've got to still you, you know we, we've got to create you still got to create and score goals and my my point really was you know the the formation didn't suit the players because we couldn't play it couldn't put our goal scores on now if coral was in that team against coventry i think we would have beaten them but I just think that, and I don't know, I know that she, I think she'd had COVID actually, and that's why she didn't play. But, um, and, and and you're right, I, you know, I was, uh, the main reason that I was not a great fan of that formation back then was because of the players that were playing in that formation. And we had 22 goals on the bench. Now, if you bring Coral in and you've got someone like Millie or Molly up top, you've automatically got some goals in the team then. Um and I and I still think that you can play Shiv as a left wing back. I really do because when she stopped, when she first played for us, when she first joined us, her first game was away to Southampton in the FA Cup. Um, I think it was in the January. She just signed in that January window, and her first game was against Southampton. She scored a screaming goal. Um, just I think it was a short corner. She cut inside and smashed it in the in the top corner, and Shiv played left back in that game, and she can play there. And I know it's against Southampton, and they, it wasn't the Southampton. It's not the Southampton; it's the other Southampton. It, it's the other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it, I know the opposition weren't great, and we were winning that game, and it was abandoned with about fifteen minutes left, which was ridiculous. You know, we were about four nil up or something, but any a three nil up. But anyway, it was a brilliant goal, and um, so she she played left back in that game, if I if I recall correctly. And I think she can play left wing back. I think she's got the legs to get up and down, and she's a great attack. She'll be a great attacking threat. Um, and I think we could do that. I, so I, I think you can play Shiv. Um, you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if you could play both Shiv and B as wing backs. I don't think that would work because I think that would leave us um, a bit, you know, too much attacking. So we'd probably have to have. I mean, someone like Kirsty's been brilliant as a right wing back, isn't she? So we could have Kirsty on one side and Shiv on the other. I think that would work. I, I really don't see that as a as a problem. And then you've got creativity and goals um, with those two. But you've got to have Coral or someone in the middle. who You've got to have goals from midfield. Because if one of your forwards is just having a bad day or not, it's not bouncing right for them or whatever, you've got to be, you've got to be able to get goals from elsewhere. And the, the, my, my point against Coventry was that we didn't have any goals in the team. And um, it, so it's not so much about the formation. It was more about the, 
the, the personnel and, and, and the players that we just, I just couldn't see us scoring in that game. We didn't score in that game. We lost 1-0. Um, and um, so um, that was the main point I was making back then. And I do think this is our best formation. Um, but I think you've got to have someone like Coral in the midfield. You've got to have someone who scores goals and creates. And we just had a really sort of workmanlike team um, uh, without the goals or creativity, I felt. And that that was my that was always my point. So formations, you can move, you know. I, I've never really been against any formation. It's all about the players and whether or not that, that formation allows you to play the players that will win you the game. And I just felt that with Coral not in there, that was a real problem against Coventry. And actually, you know, she scored she scored against Charlton and she scored against Blackburn. So as soon as she comes back in the team, we're starting to create and score goals, you know. So I just think that was always my point was about the personnel, really, and the goals that were sitting on the bench. I think it was 22 of our 28 goals at that stage were sitting on the bench in that game. Um, and there's good reasons for it, because I know that Coral wasn't was coming back from an, from illness and stuff. So I'm not saying that, you know, anything anyone did anything wrong. But as soon as I saw that team against Coventry, I just couldn't see us where the goals were coming from. And I know we were a little bit unlucky. Yeah, and, you know, but at the yeah, end of the day, though, you know, you still got to be able to put the ball in the net, and we couldn't do that. Yeah, I think the only thing is, I agree with you about Coral, hundred percent. Um, but Coral has been the only change, other than where we've had to change defensively because of injuries. Uh, keep we've kept that formation, and Coral has been the only change of coming back in. So all those at the time, you, you and others, it wasn't just you said about like one player; it was about why these four or five players. And the reality is, I know what you're saying about formations and stuff, but you this formation wouldn't you couldn't fit those players in, uh, not all of them. It's just impossible, and it, which is why Coral has been the only one who's come in out of uh, the others that were on the bench at that time. Um, yeah, Coral's been the only one that's come into it. Um, and the fact is, is while the front three with Shiv and B and had had been winning us games, it was then starting to get turned over um that's not their fault but it's just for whatever reason the vulnerability started to creep in defensively and having that front line just didn't you know wasn't enabling us to to be solid at the back um and i think where i would feel that i I don't think she would be a left wing back is i think you would take away too much of her strength in a game because her she is the the outlet where you get the ball to her just inside the half and she can, you know, turn any defender, put the, put the pace straight away, put the pressure on. You stick her at wing back and she's starting in our half all the time. And you're she's having to do more of the work before she's even getting to the area. Don't you remember, was it the Liverpool game where she possibly played there or she ended up having to be so deep the way that we were playing, that she was picking up the ball inside our half. And then by the time she was even getting anywhere near the opposition box, you'd lost everything because she's having to burn so much energy, burn that pace before she's even got near the danger area that you weren't then getting the best of her when she was in her element area where she can do the most damage. Um, And I think you would lose that if she played at wing back because of the defending element. I think you would lose that part of a game a bit, I think you would, you know, take away some of her strength and, and definitely would be on the other side. Um, I think you'd burn B out quite quickly. 
if you played her at right wing back. Um, so, plus I suppose the thing as well is we've got the options. I mean, they come on in the second half. I mean, I'm not saying it should be all the time, but just for what we had to do for the rest of this season, I think with this formation, you know, I, I mean, Watford, if it's a close game on the weekend and then we're suddenly bringing on Shiv and B and, and Millie in that, although I would start Millie with Molly personally, but, you know, that's a hell of a, a hell of an option to bring on in the second half and sometimes you need that. Um, and I think we saw that with the men's team earlier in the season where we went for the phase when before Elise became regular and you had like Elise and Edward and at the bench and our bench was phenomenal and actually we could change a game. And then once you started those players, you looked at the bench and suddenly the bench was Ben Teke and Ayu and you think that's not going to change the game. Um, so I think just what we're doing at the moment, and I'm sure they'll you know work on things in the summer, but to, to get that balance, um, unfortunately, it's probably the, the sacrifice of home to make at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, I just had to kind of mention it just because it obviously changed. And it's, that is football. We all, we all change opinions and... God, I do it all the time. That's, that's how football works, isn't it? We're, we're like the fickest people in the world. So uh, we, we'll sit here now and say, we could say something about an opinion about something and like, well, we think this is a really bad idea. And in three weeks' time, we're like, yeah. wow, isn't that like the best thing ever? You know, <laughs> so that's, that's football. Uh, it's, it's just curious to see. And that's what I I try to do at times. And I do it better when it's the opposite to what everyone else is thinking. I'm like, I can't help but be the devil's advocate all the time, but it makes when <laughs> yes. everyone's saying when everyone's saying this is one thing, it makes me do the opposite and look at the other side of it. Um, and I kind of always try to do it with the men's as well, where it's sometimes what are you gaining out of it? That's the thing. I, do you know what it was? And I said this to Gaffer, it's from having to defend Roy for so long because don't get me wrong, it was awful to watch in the end, like the whole of last season. But Roy, people were so busy going. Which is rubbish. What are we doing? I think no one was looking at the fact of in the end we had such an old, poor team that he was having to do what he could to get through. Because when he tried to play attractive in the last season, he got turned over by Liverpool and then by ten man Villa, and so it was he was being negative to get us through with what he had. So he kind of I'm so used to kind of looking at it from the other side and defending it. But hey, I'm, I've drifted on. Um, bringing it back, so Watford on Sunday. Goal prediction and scorers. Um, well, I think it will be like I said. I think it will be quite close. Um, just going back quickly before I mention that, I just want to say the other thing that I've noticed as well. Not only have we changed formation, and I think that if you're going to play that formation with with five across the back or two wing backs and three central defenders, if you haven't got Cobble, I don't think you can play that system because I think you you do you do need to have someone like Shiv and B. So you almost need to play a like a four four two or something because if you're going to play five at the back and and, and then you're going to rely on that midfield to create things, um, you need Cobble in there. So if you're going to have three defensive midfielders and five at the back, that limits your attacking. Um, threat straight away. So I think if 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 for example Cole was not available, I think she's such an important cog in you know in you know in that in that team when you're playing that way, and and that's why we beaten Charlton and why we beaten Blackburn without a doubt. We wouldn't have. I don't think we would have. Well, she scored two goals, didn't she, in each game? So the winning goal in both. So, but I just think that my my point is that if you're going to play th- five across the back. And three defensive midfielders, that's eight of your 10 outfield players 
that are probably not going to get you many goals. So that's why you have to have Coral in there. And if you're not going to have Coral, I would even change the system and play B and Shiv because otherwise you're not going to have any creativity. So that's that was my point. And I think it is all completely so different. Even though it's only one change, you said it was one change. Kirst is coming as well, albeit at the back. But that one change is a massive one, Mike, because Coral is a super player and makes all the difference to the team, creativity and wise. 100%, so that was my... 100%. The reason I said that and... I'd suggest if you can, I don't know if you, we've probably removed it by now because we weren't at Spotify at the time. But if you're able to go back and listen to that podcast, the reason why I say about one play was because the point you and, and loads of people on the, the loyal group were going on about was five or six players. It wasn't just one player. So what I was trying to make the point I say about one player was, yes, I mean, Cole was a massive part of it, 100%, which is why it's changed. But the reason I say about one player was that's the only change, that, that's the only thing that's been different is of all those players that were on the bench, most of them are still on the bench, and it's just the one that's come in. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. agree with the rest of it. It's a mess, but that's but that's the reason why I was just saying about the one. It's not like we've bought four of those players in, and it's changed. It's we've bought one. That, that's the only reason I say about the one. But I know you're right. If you haven't got Coral there, you need you do need you do need that element because you've got the two up top. There's no point having two up top if you've got no one that's connecting the rest of the yeah. team to them, which is what Coral does. I suppose. Yeah, if it wasn't I there, think that's, that's, my, that's where my. Uh, my creative yeah. position of the false eleven comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think Cole's such an important part in that system. Um, and, and I think if she's not there, then you lose your creativity and you almost need to then change the system so you can play B and Shiv to give you that extra creativity and pace, you know. Um, the other thing I was just going to say before talking about the um, the prediction is the other thing I've noticed by going that with that new system is that we have played... Uh, the reason I think Molly's up there instead of Millie is that we played longer ball. We are we are not playing from the back quite as much. Hundred um, percent. And 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 I think the fact that we've got M- uh, Molly up there to hold the ball up, which is obviously she's quite strong and that's one of her strengths. Um, whereas Millie's more of a sort of running behind sort of player. When you when you're playing the long ball, you need a sort of a Mark Bright, don't you? You need someone who can stand there and hold the ball up and. Be strong um, when you've got central defenders, you know, trying to get the, in front the, of you. The Shipley with AJ. In that yeah. Season. Yes, and um, and I just think that um, I just think that we've we've changed the, not only the system but we've changed the way we've played a little bit. All credit to the because well, I think we were conceding too many goals trying to play out from the back. Um, and I think there's a time to do it, and we do still do it. We still play across the back sometimes, you know, to create a bit of space, but. What we did, what we've been doing more, is um, hitting Molly um, from the fullback positions, particularly um, to start attacks, and I think that's prevented the other team from closing us down so much because they know that if we go long, they've got to have players back as well, so they can't push us. Because when we were when we when when we were just playing from the back all the time, and it was literally all the time, the opposition put five players on the edge of our box because they knew we weren't going to play long. Um, and against Liverpool, it was, we couldn't get out of our our third of the pitch. You know, it was just like they just basically stood on the edge of our box, and we didn't go long at all. We just still tried to play at the back, and it, we created us so many problems for ourselves. So now we mix it up a lot more. There is a time to play at the back, you know, and, I, and I'm a great believer in playing football from all over the pitch. But there is also a time where you've got to mix it up a bit and hit it longer, and that's what Molly gives us, I think, more than any other 
forward player. She can hold the ball up. You know, that's one of her main strengths. And I think that's one of the reasons that we've got, unfortunately, you know, we've, we we can't play everyone that we think, oh, it'd be great to see Millie up there. But if, we, if we're going to play that way, and we have to sometimes hit it longer, unless we hit the channels um, so she can run in between and, and, and get behind, I don't think we can really hit it up quite as much as we could to Molly, you know. So I think that, uh, it's just really difficult because, you know, we've got players with strengths in different ways. And I think the way you play football, you're going to have to, you've got to utilise what you've got. Um, and if we are going to hit it longer, I think, you know, it'd be difficult for Millie. And I think away at Lewis, when Millie came on, um, I think it was very difficult for her in the second half to get hold of the ball. And that was one of the, we couldn't hold on to it. And we were really struggling. Well, we're down to 10, um, and we were down at 10, which didn't help, yeah, when Shiv went. And so it was a really difficult game, but we couldn't hold on to the ball. And I just think there's all those factors that you've got to take into account. But, let you know, the main thing is, um, Dean and James have shown how versatile they are as coaches because what they've decided to do is just think, right, how can we improve on this a little bit? You know, we were getting beaten 4-0, 5-0 or whatever, 5-1. And, you know, um, and they basically changed it around and made us better that's all that's that's what it's all about isn't it steadily improving you know um and that's what they've done they've done a fantastic job so yeah sorry i just wanted to pick up on those points but just going to the predictions i think it'll be a really close game i'm going to say we're going to win 2-1 um i think it will be i think it will be in the last 10 minutes i think it'll be re- i think both teams will be going for it and i just think that because watford need it a little bit more I just fancy us to just hit them on the break and I think they'll be throwing everyone forward and I think we'll nick it. Um, I think we'll nick it um, 2-1. Who scores? <laughs> I, don't know, I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> Who's going to be on the pitch though? That's the thing at the end of the game. I'm going to say that Coral will get another one. She's just in that form now where she's um, so confident in front of goal. You know, the goal, the winning goal against Blackburn when she just sort of brought the ball inside and side footed it into the corner was a fantastic finish. So I'm going to say Coral will get one. And I think we're we're going to get one from a corner. So I'm going to say Lizzie will get one as well. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm going for a humdinger, final day humdinger of a (laughs) 4-2. Because I, I just think that Watford are going to have to play. They, they, they can't come and do conservative. And unless if if Coventry was an earlier kickoff and they knew the outcome of that, then maybe so. But they can't take the gamble of a, of a point, not not to begin with. So I think they will come out and play. Um, and I can see it being late on. We're either, you know we're like three two up, and then when they're throwing everything forward, we we, we just catch them out again. Um, and get a fourth, and I, I think Coral will score. As you say she's she's banging form at the moment, and um, and it's very much open for the, who gets the, the the club golden boot. It's a three way tie. Um, so I think Coral will score. I think Molly will get two, and I think B scores the fourth. Uh, I think we'll we'll stretch him. B shift come on if we stick with the formation we've been doing. Um, and I think in the end, we'll, we'll, you know, the pace that if they're pushing forward, I think. But, I mean, B was red hot against Blackburn. Um, her that because she she's I think she's found it a bit more difficult at times this season compared to how she's doing last season. Um, but against Blackburn when she came on, she's untouchable. B absolutely changed the game for us. And I thought second half against Lewis when we, we came back from one or down to win three one at home, B was immense in that as well. And I think that'd be too much for Watford. 
So, yeah, I think 4-2. So, uh, well, hopefully we're both right, because we've both gone for wins. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> you know, I think a win, depending on other results, if, if we could win it, we'd almost secure fourth, I think. Quite possibly, depending on other results, of course. Um, which would be incredible. Now, before we move on to discussing the home form, um, just quickly want to mention that obviously we're doing the, the fans play of the year uh, competition at the moment. Obviously, this is separate to the Ego View one, um, where I will be deciding at the end of the season, and I'll be waiting to because two games to go, it can change anything in in I find in the, in, in the women's game. So I'll be deciding at the end of the season which one of about seven candidates uh, will be player of the season. Um, but this is the one we're running on Twitter. Uh, did it with the two semi-finals, the top, the four in each semi-final, and the top two from each went through to the final. Um, the first semi-final, as we spoke in the last one, was won by Shiv with Molly came in second. Second semi-final, Coral was runaway winner, and then it was a tie in second place between Emily and Amy. So I had to do a one-day playoff, which Emily won. Launched the final today. Uh, it's already had 86 votes. And I feel possibly, not to take anything away, but it's possibly slightly skewered by the might of Chelsea's fan base. I'd be curious as to how many of these, their fans have actually seen her play this season. Not a knock on Emily, because Emily's been great. But at the moment, Emily is at 86 votes. Um, so it's more than what the second semi-final got and nearly as much I think actually it's more than what the first semi-final got as well uh, Emily is miles clear on 62% of the vote and then second is Molly on 19% third is Coral on 16% and last is Shiv on 3% um, it's interesting because we've, we've, had, we've had discussions and how I'd expected numbers to go would probably be quite different to that um, and this is probably why sometimes you put, put the power in the hands of fans is a bit crazy because as I say I think or oh, I've seen Chelsea Twitter retweeting it and this that, and the other so um, I think there's been a lot of Chelsea voting going on for Emily but it's going on for another six days um, and the winner will just be crowned the winner um, because I can't buy two trophies uh, so, um, but it'd be interesting to see that that's the fans one. So, if you haven't voted for it yet, and I'm going to guess that quite a few Palace fans have not, um, and if you haven't, I'll be retweeting it every day. So please go on there and um, cast your vote, and we'll see by the end of it. But at the moment, if I was a betting man, I put my money on Emily winning it. Um, but there we go. But then at the same time, it kind of appeases me because I like the fact of it's someone because I think we're so easily pick people based on goals and assists because it's the easy stat to, to, to note that I quite I'm quite glad in some ways. It's quite nice to see someone who is in a different, you know, in, in a, a defensive position who's up there and you can't fault in the day 19 years old. I think it's her first senior season. Uh, uh, you know, at a, such a high level, and she's been fantastic for us. So that is it at the moment. Um, Phil, I don't know what your thoughts are on the poll. Two seconds. Two seconds. What are your thoughts on the poll? 
Well, I've, I've voted. And um, so all I can say is that I hope that all Palace fans who have seen any of the games, even if they've not seen them live, if they've been watching them online or on the FA Play or watch the highlights, anyone who's sort of seen enough of our of our brilliant performances and great team this season, um, please vote. I mean, it'd be, you know, let's, let's have a really good number of votes. So it's a proper cross section of Palace fans voting. Um, and hopefully, you know, then, um, you know, it, it, it will mean that whoever does win it and whoever does win it deserves it because all four of those, to be fair, deserve to win it anyway. Because they've all been magnificent, but at least it will be, um, it won't be Chelsea fans, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think when you look at the percentages in the semi-final, I think she had 21%, and now she's got 69. Uh, that is definitely a whole lot of Chelsea. But um, but as I say, as you say, you know, I think whoever wins that out of anybody is deserving of the way they played this season. But um, definitely, uh, if we can get some more more votes in there, because I think it should be a, a lot closer in general than it is. Um, but yeah, six more days to go, so I'll keep tweeting it out. Right. Moving on to our second topic, um, I am mindful of the time, but obviously, and this was your suggestion, Phil, and it's a good suggestion, uh, to look at the home form this season um, and the impact that it's had. Now, if you're happy to bear with me for a minute, <laughs> I'm going to wheel out the stats because I think we can't look at this season's home form without the basement, or not the basement, but like the baseline of the difference it's made and, and, and where it's been in previous seasons. So, obviously, it's our fourth season in the Championship. Our first season up, our home form was we won two, drew none, lost eight, scored just seven, conceded 23. Our biggest win was 3-1 at home to Millwall. That's a great game. Um, and our biggest loss was 5-0 at home to Man United, who ended up as champions. And there's a theme going to be in that. Our second season, uh, this was the COVID one, so we, we we played three home games less than we would have done because the season got ended early. We won none. We drew two. We lost five. We scored just five goals and conceded 21. So only two less than the previous season, having played three less games. Uh, our biggest win was there wasn't one. Uh, our biggest loss, there's two of them. The biggest loss was 6-0 against Aston Villa who ended up as champions. <laughs> and then it was 5-1. The second worst was 5-1 against Sheffield United. Then last season, we won three, drew two and lost five. Uh, we scored 15, conceded 16. So our best defensive time um, last season. And we actually got, well, we, we got goals in general last season, which was the first time we kind of really thrived in that department. Uh, our biggest win was 5-0 against the Bees. I mean, we beat them four times last season. I think we have them in each one. Um, but 5-0 home to the Bees. And our biggest loss was 4-1 against Leicester. And as you guessed it, they were champions. And this season, obviously, there's one game more because it's um, an extra team this year. So there's an extra home game this year, but we haven't played that yet. So it's works out the same as the previous games current seasons currently um we've won five drawn two and lost three we scored 17 so it's our highest goal return at home however we've conceded 19 so we're actually defensively we're better at home last season 
Uh, our biggest win was 3-1 at home to Durham. And our biggest loss. Now, there's two here because it depends on how you term it. One of them was 4-0 against Liverpool, who, as you guessed it, champions. And the other was 5-1 against London City. Now, don't know how you want to term it because um, scoring five is more than scoring four. But then we conceded, we scored in that one and we didn't score against Liverpool and the goal difference was the same. So it's still a four-goal gap. So that's open to interpretation. But effectively, um, every season, our biggest defeat has been against the team that have ended up winning the league at home. Um, And just a couple of extra points to put in there was we went, so after the Millwall game, the 3-1 in our first season, we went just short of two years without a win at home in any competition, I think, um, until we beat Coventry 3-1 last season. So we went in two years without a win. Um, and then we've gone and won three last season and five this season. Uh, thank goodness. Um, and we've been great to watch the times at home. And the other thing is we were actually unbeaten in our first five home games this season. The loss to Liverpool was our first defeat at home, and that came in 2022. So um, it's been a far more impressive year. So, Phil, if you're still awake with me, having heard the stats, um, I think you'd agree in a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, I mean, first part, like you say, the first part of this season, we were magnificent at home, weren't we? You know, five, five games without defeat. Um, we went into that Liverpool game actually just I think it was just after Christmas wasn't it and we went into that game thinking if we beat them we'd be very close to them I think we would have been within three points of them or something at the top you know Um, but unfortunately Liverpool just came and destroyed us didn't they they pushed us they pushed up onto the edge of our box we couldn't get out every time they got a throw in it was like you know it's better than a corner wasn't it they had this throwing taker that Basically, just whack, put this ball right in, right on the six-yard line. It was incredible, long throw. We just could, we just we were just under pressure all the time. You know, we were conceding throw-ins and corners, couldn't get out really. Um, and we went into that Liverpool game sort of thinking, if we can do this, it was difficult because the men were playing at home at the same time against Liverpool, so we didn't really have the backing that we would have normally had. There's a lot of people that weren't there that would have been if we weren't playing. It was just me and you, really, wasn't it? And I think Michael might have been there, but um, but yeah, it was very difficult. We didn't have the support. It wasn't like a home game, really, and everything sort of went against us. One of those things where I really feel it's important that we don't have clashes where the men and women's teams are playing at the same time, you know. Um, and that really that really hampered that that atmosphere that we didn't, you know, we couldn't get the atmosphere that we normally have, and it wasn't like a home game. We lost that advantage, really, because of that. So that Liverpool game really did turn our season. And I think that knocked our confidence a bit, really. And it took us a few weeks to get over that, didn't it? And we suffered a few defeats. And, you know, um, uh, but as you say, beginning of the season, we were brilliant at home. And some of the matches have been really exciting. Durham, Charlton and Bristol City, all fantastic performances and um Loads of goals, you know, three, two, three, one, and four, three. So, um, we've had some great entertainment, but yeah, nearly two years without a win. Um, and then we've really turned it around, and we are now actually quite a difficult team to beat at home. Um, I know that we 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 suffered a little bit against Liverpool and London City, but um, you know, we shouldn't have lost to Coventry really. Going down to 10 players didn't help, but um, 
but when you look at when you look at it over the season, our home forms I think has been really good, and um, so we can yeah, it's a massive improvement on what it's what it was like for the couple of years before. So yeah, brilliant, really um, really enjoy it, really enjoy it, and you know. Even even when we played, I think that Sunderland game when we played at Sellhurst, I think if that had been played at Hayes Lane, I think we would have won that as well. I think, although it's great to play once a season at Sellhurst, I just think that we've got to accept that Hayes Lane's a really good facility. You know, it holds five thousand. We can get big crowds in there if we, if we, you know, I don't. There's more of an atmosphere. You're closer to the pitch. You, you get lost at Sellhurst when we, with, with a thousand people there. So um, whereas if you've got a thousand. 800 to 1,000 at Hayes Lane, it makes, you know, really, you really can get a good atmosphere there. So I think we lost a little bit against Sunderland by not playing at Hayes Lane, as, as great as it was to play at Sellers, you know, I just think that we just lost a little bit of atmosphere there. And um, so uh, I think we would have probably beaten Sunderland, at, you know, because at that time we were really firing, we were really playing well. Um, we were a little bit still unlucky against Sunderland, we at the post, didn't we, at Sellers, and should have won it really, but... Um, they were a good team, though, Sunderland. For a promoted team, they were very impressive that early in the season. They adapted really well to the to the championship. But, yeah, been great at home. Let's hope we continue with that on Sunday. But, you know, whatever happens on Sunday, we can look back with our, our home form um, with quite a lot of pride, actually, because we've turned it around from being, you know, it's been difficult. Um, and, you know, when you're not winning for such a long time, I know some of the season before was cut short, so we can't really call it a proper two years of season of football. But um, even so, it was a long period of time without winning at home and they turned it around. All credit to them. But we are we are a good team. You know, we've got some really good players. I just hope we can hold on to them because, you know, if we lose some key players, it, it, especially to teams around us, that will strengthen them, them and it might weaken us. So, Let's hope we can just keep the team together as much as we can for next season now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think the, the weird thing is, I believe our away form is actually our stronger area this season, um, which is mad because those, those are really good. Apart from the conceded, bit of them, those are the pretty good stats for at home. But I think actually our tra- on our travels has been our strongest area. Um, but it's just for me, it's just massive because... In any campaign, you need to build on home form, don't you? And in the men's team, we've been poor at Sellers for years. I think only uh, uh, other than a season under Tony Pulis, and then I think one of Roy's seasons where we've got about eight wins at home or something like that. Other than that, you know, we barely must have six wins at home, and it's because it's, it, it, it gets tough, doesn't it? When you constantly go and you, and you're not seeing you're not seeing as a fan, you're not seeing wins, you're not. Your home ground. You always want your home ground to be like Fort Knox, don't you? That's that's your place. You don't want it to be the the, the gift shop. Um, and unfortunately, Hayes Lane has been had had been that for a, a too long a period of time. Partially helped by the fact of the first couple of seasons, we were massively underprepared, and then you had the ridiculousness of United and their millions that just bought away into the league with the biggest team um, that just trounced everybody. Uh, you know, and Tottenham were an incredibly strong team that season, and they've shown their step up. And I mean, that actually Neville back then, she's a phenomenal. I'm still desperate for her to play for us. Phenomenal player, and she's tearing. Actually, she's getting like player of the week every week. Um, you know, and she was destroying us back then. And then Villa had a good side, and so there's been some skewered elements to it. But um, you know, it, it was you couldn't. You look, you'd go to a game, and you just you're like, oh, I'll never, I'll never see a win. 
you know, we kind of was going to, you know, who are we giving the points to this week type of thing? And it's just, as a fan, it gets difficult, doesn't it? But I suppose as managers and as well, you want to build your campaign on being strong at home. And I always think of the analogy they say, like the Champions League, don't they? And you want to, if you want success in the Champions League to get through the group stage, it's about winning your home games. You win your home games, that's nine points. And then if you can get a draw on in one of your away games, 10 normally gets you through, you know, and that, that mindset always kind of stays in my head that you want to have a successful league season, you've got to be good at home. You've got to, you've got to be strong at home. And if you've got that strength at home where you've kind of got the foundations of getting results, then you you build on it. Your success of that season is built on by what you then do in your travels. Um, so it's been a massive turnaround and I think it's been a massive part of um, where our success has come from because Hayes Lane has been difficult for most teams to come down to. And and even apart from Liverpool, where just from start to finish, we were never in that game. But even the London City one, 5-1 for me didn't tell the story of the day. We should have had panic at 2-0. Um, and there's a few other moments in it as well. And, you know, um, and as I say, Coventry, they they did nothing apart from get our players. To, oh, I said, yeah, right. You know, the, the, the first thing they did in the entire game was the, the neat bit of play that caused Grace to get sent off and then their goal. Um and they, you know, as I say, I think we've te- if we'd have stayed with eleven with the subs that would have brought on, I think we'd have beaten them. So, for me, one team is out and out, absolutely just played us on the park for for ninety minutes, and then, I mean, you know, London City still deserved to beat us, but it wasn't. I say, I think five one skewed it a bit. So, yeah, at home this season we have been we've been fantastic, and um, it's it's really I think I think laid the foundation for. Um, what we've managed to achieve. Um, and, and it adds to obviously the goals. Goals is massive because we do concede. We are still one of the, the worst defensively in the league. We are every season. But the last three seasons, we've added in goals and we're one of the highest scorers in the league. And um, we did one of these a few weeks ago where we talked about, well, I went through goal scorers and for the different teams and how that's benefited us because we had a handful of players on a higher amount of goals while other teams had one player or some of them we, I mean we I think it was it Watford I think it was they had like none um, so that has been one element with the goals but as I say the home form as well um, has been massive for us this season and it has played a big part and you can see that progress can't you because as we've improved season upon season um, overall our home form has improved as well. Um, so I think there's a big key part to that and hopefully we can continue that next season. And and I don't know what you feel. I see I've offered on a lot a bit here, which is like one of my mega skills. Um, <laughs> it's not that. That's one of my list. My list of skills, waffling on and devil's advocate. That's my two, stre- two of my biggest strengths. Moaning's another one. But this season, for me... Is the first season where Hayes Lane has really felt like home, because the first two seasons we we just struggled in the league in general, and obviously last season we couldn't be there. So when we actually started getting some good results at at, at Hayes in the second half of the season, we weren't because of COVID we couldn't be there. So for me, this is the first year where I've really felt like Hayes Lane is our is our ground. You know, you come to our ground, it's our patch, 
Um, I don't know how you what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I feel the same actually. This season it's felt different, hasn't it? Um, we've we've we seem to have settled in there now, and everyone feels quite at home there. And uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I think I suppose results help, don't they? Make you feel you know that this is one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, not winning for almost two years obviously didn't help. But yeah, I, I, I feel like that as well. I just think that it's probably, um, you know, a bit of a mixture of things. We've been there a long time, haven't we now? And um, I think we've got a good team. We seem to be play play well on that surface as well, you know, because quite, you know, that 4G pitch. And yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? When you look at, we have, you know, we scored 31 goals this season in 20 games so far. And um but we've conceded 36, and we could actually finish third and have a negative goal difference, which will be quite remarkable, really. We could finish second and have a negative goal difference. Yeah, you, we could. If we win a couple of games by one goal, you know, we'd have a negative goal difference. And um, it, and it'd be quite remarkable, really, because, um, you know, we've won 10 and lost seven, but it's just those heavy defeats. Those three heavy defeats, you know, London City, Liverpool, and then Bristol City away, they're, 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 that's where the damage has been done to our goal difference. Um, but, um, but yeah, going back to sort of the home form, it's been a great season. I um, really enjoyed it. And um, I think we do feel at home there now, you know. And um, I think I think we are... I think what happened, results gives you confidence. And so we, I'm sure that we go into games at home now feeling that we, you know, we're going to win this, you know. Whereas I think when you're not winning for so many games in a row at home I just think you know we needed to, we just needed a win didn't we we didn't get it for so yeah. long as soon as we got it I think that turned the corner a little bit and so I think you know we're um yeah we're decent we're a decent home team um fanciest to beat Watford and uh, finish on a high and I just hope I win that signed shirt <laughs> yeah yeah that's if, if I don't win it I must ask one <laughs> yeah. take one in and go can I sign my shirt um yeah, no, absolutely. And do you know what? You're right about with the, the goal difference because it, it literally it was that run. Liverpool, Lionesses and Bristol City has just destroyed our goal difference. I mean, before that, we were a plus goal difference. And it was, I don't know if you remember, we, we kept going above like Durham and that because we had a better goal difference than they did. And it's the first time since we've got promoted that we've got to the second half of the season. I think it's probably the first time we've got to October. With a positive goal difference, I think every other season we very quickly had a negative goal difference and never turned it around. Um, and this season, it, it took until um, I think February before we went into the negative goal difference. Um, you know, so another massive, massive point uh, and, a, and, a, and an example of how we, we've, we've improved. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think. As I say, I, I do feel this season Hayes has felt more like home, and and it's funny because you get you mentioned about the pitch and Bristol City. The first thing they did was complain about the pitch when we beat them, and uh, I can't remember if Durham did. Someone, I think Durham might have done. I mean, they, they complained about everything um, during the game as well as after it. But I can't remember if it's a bit. They, I think they did, and I, I love that because it's an absolute part of tosh because. We have to play on that pitch every week. If, but if you use their their mind, their argument of, well, they don't really play on the old three G or four G pitch, or maybe five G these days with these upgrades. But uh, they they don't really play on that pitch, so they struggle with it because they play on grass. So surely the counteract to that would be then we should always lose away because we only ever play at home on that pitch, so we would struggle on grass. Yet we've been excellent away from home this season. So, <laughs> and every season our away form's always been better than our home form. 
So, um, yeah, I love that kind of stuff, those little bits and pieces. And I, I, I personally like that the, the, our te- the terrace is our stand, you know, with the flags up in it. And cause I know in previous games, sometimes people wanted to change ends to be down there. Oh, and I, I just, I like being down there. And that's like our space, you know, that's yeah. like, you know, that's, that's the lawyer there. That's, that's where, that's where the noise is. And I like being there and with the flags and all the color. And, um, and you still see, I see it every game, people come along and take photos of the flags. I see it every single game. Um, and I love that because if one person thinks, well, well yeah, that's great to see, well, you know, wants to take a photo of it, I think that's fantastic. Um, Typical that earlier on the club tweeted out about best fans ever and showed a picture of two of the flags and a group of people who I've never seen the game before. Oh, well, Pete, Pete goes to every game, doesn't he? Yeah, Pete was in there. Did he yeah. any of the people who were there all the time? <laughs> Not a single one of us. I thought, wait a minute. What have these, what have these people done that we haven't done, eh? <laughs> so it did, it did make me chuckle a little bit. Um but yeah, no, fantastic. And um hopefully last game of the season we'll get uh get a, a really good crowd down there. Um thankfully the men's club has done a real lot this week to really drive home the the message about people going. And of course by that I mean they've done nothing. Um I must have missed all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was no, it just didn't happen. Um but hopefully, you know, because the the players deserve it. Um, absolutely deserved uh, a big crowd, big reaction, and no matter what happens in the game in the end, uh, with the season that they've had, in the circumstances, you know, it's just they they deserve a massive, massive send off. Not just the players, Dean and, and James, all the staff, everything that they've, everyone at that club, because what we've done this season has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, abs- it's incredible, and they won't get the. The credit deserved to him in other areas, as you say, we all know Matt Beard will get manager of the season. And if we end up finishing top four, because we finish third, it should be Dean all day long. But you know that doesn't tick the boxes of uh, the way these systems work, where they just want to go to big clubs and the obvious. Um, so yeah, that you know, let's let's all get down there, all of us Palace together. You know, let's get down there and. Um, you know, really show support and show show the players, everyone at the club, um, the praise that they deserve. You know, and as, people who, who haven't been to game all season imagine to up to Wembley. So, I'd like to think some of those people can come down to Hayes Lane um, and give the players a good send off. Yeah, absolutely. They deserve a big, big attendance, and they deserve um, a really good send off at the end of that game. Whatever the whatever happens on Sunday. They really do deserve a, a you know a massive reception um, from all of us because they've been magnificent. Been a real pleasure watching the team this year, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it so so much. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I just think that they they really do deserve this, and I just hope. I'm just ashamed that the you know that the club, the main club, hasn't hasn't sort of pushed it and. I'm still wondering if they put any adverts in the club shop in Bromley saying that they're playing down the road. I mean, it's not asking much, is it? But I haven't heard that anything. I've not been in there myself to have a look, but I've not heard anything to suggest that that's happened. It's just such an easy thing, isn't it? You know, advertising a game that's literally in Bromley, in the club shop in Bromley. I mean, you don't have to be a sort of brain surgeon to work out that that might actually help people realise there's a game down the road, you know. So um, I, I really hope there's a big crowd there, but, you know, 
I don't think the club have done enough to sort of support that, and I think that's a real shame. No, absolutely. Um, but you know, we're not surprised, are we? <laughs> Unfortunately. No. <laughs> um, right. I think on that note, um, we will leave it there. Uh, done a feel before I wrap, wrap up. Is there anything else you want to add? No, not really. I think it's been a really enjoyable discussion, Mike. Thanks again for organising these. I mean, I've really enjoyed joining you and, um, you know, um, I hope that the people that do listen um, enjoy it as well. It'd be nice um, if people, uh, I know it's difficult because I don't, I don't, you know, it's not easy talking publicly. I'm sure, um, you know, it's not something that everyone's comfortable with, but it'd be great if we could um, have some participation, more participation from people Um even if it's just sort of a quick hello and, you know, just a, a couple, couple of really brief comments about what, they, what they've enjoyed about the season and stuff. It'd be really nice to have a bit more participation from people um, going forward. Um, but, um, but yeah, and no, I really enjoy it. So thanks very much again for organising it, Mike. I um, really appreciate it. No, I've, I've, I've far enjoyed doing it since we started. Um, and as, as I always say, it wouldn't work we wouldn't even have started if without your participation in it um and for me it makes it so much easier having someone to talk to someone i know is very knowledgeable about women's football and the team and um and passionate about it like i am so i appreciate you know thanks to you for, for coming on and doing them um thanks to everyone who's listened tonight uh whether it's uh been live with us on twitter or whether you're listening back to it on the recording of twitter or if you listen to us on Spotify, um, thank you very much. If you haven't listened, if you haven't listened on Spotify, but you've got it, we are free to um, listen to on there. Please subscribe, um, and then you can listen to us regularly. Um, if you are thinking about going on Sunday, go on Sunday. Uh, if you haven't seen the club Twitter, Phil's already alluded to it. There'll be a raffle held on the day by the club. Uh, and the winner of the raffle gets a signed shirt. Um, so, I mean, you should come down anyway for the football, but there is a little extra bonus there. So please be there to give the team the support. Um, if you haven't uh, voted in the poll already, please go over. Uh, it's on my Twitter. It's pinned at the top. I will tweet it out every day. Uh, the fans play the season final. Um, please go on there. If you're a Chelsea fan, and you have not seen us play this season, please do not go on there and vote. As much as I get your support, <laughs> uh, it needs to, you know, I want it to be fair on those who have actually seen everyone play this season. Um, so yeah, please go and vote on there. And there will be, I don't know where the programme comes out, because I know it's digital, I don't think it's done on, on the day anymore, but um, there is an advert in there for our podcast, and also... There's going to be a load of stats uh, from the season in the uh, programme, which have been provided by myself. So uh, if you can get hold of the programme, please get hold of the programme. And uh, just, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you've been listening to the Crystal Palace Women's Show. We are the number one Crystal Palace Women's podcast out there. So uh, thank you very much. And we will be here again next week, reviewing the Watford game and looking ahead to the final game of the season away to Sheffield United. So until then, thank you very much and take care. Cheers, Mike. Bye. Cheers, Phil. Take care, mate.